Hi, this is Chris, host of CT Small Business Presents, where we get to know your favorite Connecticut small businesses, as well as the ones you may not know. We get to know their passions, their business, their story. Thanks for listening, and let's get into the episode. Okay, as you know, it's Chris. I got Care from Dusty Dude Woodworks. Lou from the Royal Fox Studio. Hello. And actually, I have Dan Mina today. How's everyone doing? Dan, how hey, are you? I'm doing great. Long doing time great. no see. Yeah, yeah. I saw you like two weeks ago. <laughs> so. Yeah, but before that, it was a while. Yeah, it was a while. Actually, last time I actually saw you was actually in Scott's backyard. Yep. We were talking about the podcast. Discussing Lou. doing a podcast. Yeah, that was and the last you are. And that was maybe <laughs> a couple years back. Was it, I forgot, was that pre-pandemic or after the pandemic? It, it was right when Scott moved into his house, so oh, yeah. shortly after that. I yeah, believe. shortly after that, that's right. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was just telling Kara the story about how we were, at one point we were talking about starting a podcast in general and yeah, like, talking yeah. about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember how you were talking about uh, having like a niche or something specifically like to talk about or like a specific mm-hmm. subject. Like a focus, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there, there, there goes care for the good words. That's why I have her. <laughs> I was actually trying to get Scott to start one for a long while too, yeah. and um, you know he's he's great. He's fun. He loves talking. Um, I would still love for him to do like some type of music yeah. podcast and stuff yeah. Like I'm that actually going to like have that. him on at some point. Okay, but I know like Scott is also my step nephew. Oh, very nice. Oh. And he's the one that does the inside the setlist music website. Okay. And like I do more like I got to get more into it because we kind of broke off a little bit because he had kids and stuff like that. And he did a lot of Facebook live, mm. you know, mm-hmm. home videos like type. But it's like it was it was equipment, but it was just like we were just winging it. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. sometimes when we talk, when when him and his co-host would talk, everything would like crinkle up. And like oh, the screen would like break yeah. up a little bit. Uh-huh. So. It was a work in progress. Hey, that's how everything is. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at some point, when uh, at some point it'll be that should be an off it'll be an offshoot of the CT Small Business. Yeah. Presents at some point. Cool. That's cool. So <laughs> I'm with it. I'm excited. So yeah. what do you do, man? I we've never met before. So yeah, this no. is our first time meeting. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, I do stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I started. You know, it's funny when when I did my first podcast a few years ago it was probably like five years ago and i was just quitting um my nine to five job and jumping into my gym uh i own a mixed martial arts gym it's called uh, ascension athletics nice. in bristol connecticut yeah I own that. bristol yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i own that with a partner um his name's jeff haddad he's a 20-year wrestler professional uh, mixed martial artist um black belt in jiu-jitsu um and all around awesome guy um yeah so when i did that it was like i had one venture and i was thinking about others and then every podcast i've done since i've like have another thing to add so now i have the gym um off of the gym related to my martial arts i have a company called ascension combat and within that we do a grappling, open grappling tournaments for all ages, like as young as four years old, as old as you can be doing jujitsu. Chris, I already signed you up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> October first yeah. is the next one. Yeah, uh, that's you won't see me after that. One. <laughs> <laughs> and we call that the Ascension Grappling Championships. We hold that at um, Chelsea Piers in Stamford, Connecticut. And if you've never seen that, oh facility, yeah, that place is. 
amazing it's from crazy. Awesome. it's crazy it's like a four hundred and fifty thousand square foot facility you walk in through the doors to your left there's a full hockey rink to the right there's two olympic pools that's before you even get to the lobby wow and it's like oh three gosh. floors um they have like a uh gymnastics area they have a ninja like parkour type area they have another hockey rink and where is this uh stanford stanford, stanford of yeah. course stanford it, yeah you know what and and it's it's apparently it's like they're trying to open more of these but there's really three of them right now there's one in new york city which was the first chelsea piers in new york city they have one in la and then this one in stanford okay so wow. um in my field the in jujitsu jujitsu is a up-and-coming martial art in and actually the fastest growing martial art right now um but it's still young sport here a lot of people don't know it Mo about 80 percent of the people that walk into my gym have never heard of brazilian jiu-jitsu before wow um but the tournaments are used to be done in like dingy gyms and mm -hmm. just not that great so i wanted to change that and give a crazy a really good experience for the um, athletes and the competitors and the the spectators alike um along with that i have a so that's an open one that's could be anyone uh amateur anybody then i own a professional grappling promotion called iron man grappling um which is just the higher level jujitsu practitioners um we pay them which is unheard of in our sport right now um it's just picking up actually like i mentioned off air this okay. weekend was what's called the ADCCs, um, Abu mm. Dhabi Combat Club, and the World Championships. And this is like it's like the Olympics of jiu-jitsu and it happens wow. every two years. It just was in Las Vegas this weekend. So what's the qualifying <clears throat> aspects that you need to be eligible to compete? Like, do you need a certain belt or skill level? So as far as the professional one, um, yeah, there's a, a level called Blue Belt that we start um, taking competitors. And then at Purple Belt, which is not uh, the first professional belt, that's when we start paying the competitors. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and we get, we've gotten, we're on our um fifth event that that'll be on november 5th um and this one's going to be an all women's event but since that time i've paid out you know in, in the first four events over like 20 grand to these com to competitors and i've had people fly in from california florida texas yeah. all over the country mm -hmm. to compete and it's been really cool it was actually really cool because uh, our last one was on august 27th and one of those guys was competing this weekend in las vegas so it was like really cool to see mm -hmm. that that guy's on the world stage. He was just in this yeah. local tournament here in Bristol, Connecticut, uh, which was really cool. Um, and then the third part of that Ascension Combat is called CombatMedia.tv, and that's our own OTT streaming site. So all these um, professional events, we we do live pay-per-views and then on-demand after that. And then the hopes is eventually I'll have enough content to um, demand a like monthly subscription type to it. Um, but what's really cool is I, I we also record the amateur tournament so like I'll have those matches up so you know if you have a kid and you want to go see your kids match on there yeah. it'll be logged in the, in combatmedia.tv do you have any people who compete that are like trying to get pro or have gotten pro like through your programs yeah so um yeah you get a lot of that and and it's a very difficult sport it's it's probably the hardest when, um, when you take into account as far as just a sport goes. Um, it's extremely technical. Extremely yeah. technical. Um, the amount of people that make it to that second belt, blue belt, it's it's probably 10% that it started, okay. you know, and then that just keeps going down um, av after every belt. I mean, there's 
there's so few black belts in the world. I mean, there's thousands, but you know, just a few thousand. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know, how like, many millions of people in the world? Uh, yeah, or so billions, I say. It's pretty cool. You know? It is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we get people that that are aspiring, and and it's a very addictive sport because it's it's like a new challenge every day. It's your problem solving. Um, and you're problem solving against the hardest problem the human body that's moves doesn't doesn't move the same way all the time all right so you get new information every time you roll and you try things and and um it's like human chess right so i have a plan um i get to move you know and then he gets to move but in in chess where you have to wait for me to move uh, in jiu-jitsu, I don't. If you're right. too slow, I'm moving yep. again. And then I can bury you in in just, you know, responses that I'm ready for what you're already going to bring to the table. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then aside from the gym, I own um, a cigar lounge in Waterbury, Connecticut. Wow. Oh, I just left there, actually. Um, so I might smell a little bit like cigars. You got everything going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then I have <laughs> what's crazy is my number one thing that I've uh, my first, like, um, official LLC and everything is I'm a, a big health nut. Uh, I've been into nutrition for a long time and um, I'm, I like don't really use typical products like regular deodorants or shampoos or chemicals, stuff like that. Mm. A lot of that stuff I make my own. Um, mm. And I started making like a pain salve for my jujitsu competitors and oh. teammates like that. And it was a CBD based um pain salve and with everything i have going on it's like been like on the back burner it's so funny um because i i probably have the most potential to make my personal income through that um i just need to get these projects going and then settle down to that one but it's moving it's just yeah. moving slowly for me on there yeah. <laughs> actually one day I was, I was actually going home it's the the cigar lounge is actually right down the street from my house mm -hmm. oh that's oh, perfect wow. and and i went to go i was like oh i gotta go tell him to be on the podcast because i remember talking about it before and and he it was closed i forgot they were closed sundays in the summer and not literally like oh like three days later he he messaged me he was talking about the podcast i was like damn it danny <laughs> i literally just i i meant to text you i messaged you that I was literally going to stop by and tell you to be a, finally be on the podcast, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. So um, I have I a question happy. for you. Sure. We've talked about all the belts and qualifications, so of mm -hmm. course mm -hmm. we need to know yeah, yeah. what belt do you have. I'm a, what's called a four-stripe uh, purple belt. Oh, very yeah, nice. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my next belt, which should be um, any time now. <laughs> any time now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is a brown belt. And, oh, uh, wow. That's a big so, accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. How uh, high is that? I don't know anything so about the, like, So it goes white. Everyone starts out as a white belt. Um, blue belt. Um, and there's actually like um, parameters. And it's really subject to the school. But the traditional way is to get your blue belt. Your coach or your professor um, would have to be confident in you enough that you can me handle yourself against um an untrained person in the street right okay that's so basically self-defense so that's like the barometer uh, yeah okay. there for the second belt um purple belt is the first like i said professional belt um you're talking i don't know what the exact percentages are but you're pr probably about less than five percent of jujitsu practitioners will ever make it to that and then so on and so forth and then brown and then black and then black um you know, I, I'm not there yet, but from what I hear, 
people get to black belt and then they realize that they're just starting, you know, because yeah. there's so much more involved. But the average time, it takes about eight to 10 years to get your black belt okay. So, okay. on average, which is much different than a lot of arts where you can be a 12 year old kid with a, with black, a black belt. belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I asked because I remember like just seeing stuff on, on social media. People's kids are getting like black belts and this and that. Yeah. And they're like 10 or 12 years old. Like, yeah. What's it take just to get a black belt? Is it that quick? So that's. um. <clears throat> So all, I will start with this. All martial arts are very beneficial for mm -hmm. kids and oh, everything yeah. like that for various reasons. Um, but a lot of them um, give this false sense of confidence to people. Um, you're getting a lot of those belts from learning forms and katas and just memorizing movement. Never actually having to try that on a human being um jujitsu is the exact opposite you're only getting that because they're seeing you we you're jujitsu is one of those it's a grappling art right so you're not striking and since you're not striking you can actually go 100 percent right um you can go to submit your opponent with an arm bar or a strangle and it be safe because all that person has to do is tap out and then it's like you're done Right, and start over. Right, we new life. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but what's essentially, you know, if you're getting strangled and you had to tap out, that's you just died. <laughs> right, yeah, essentially. Yeah, much, right? Right. So we simulate murder all day long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, with the other martial arts, it's it's not like that. I get that a lot with a lot of parents bringing their kids in. Hey. Does my son have to start as a beginner? He's already a black belt in this, and I'm like, yeah, you're. Mm -hmm. You'll see. In Just the adult watch. classes, it's hold. It's yeah. entirely different, right? So you make that transition from child martial arts to adult martial arts. Yeah, yeah. So there's a child belt system too, um, and then even as you can get a really good um, kid that's probably ready for his blue belt, but under the rules of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You can't have your Brazilian, uh, your blue belt until you're at least 16 because realistically, a child's not gonna take handle an adult. So, um, sure, 16 is that that age where that can happen. So, yeah. So, are you in the tournament scene at all? Uh, I used to be, um, and I want to. I just someone just asked me that I think two days ago, and I want to compete again. Um, I've had a couple car accidents, and this is probably. Um, I mean, not probably has definitely slowed me down in my, my, um, promotions and, and how fast I could get to my black belt is I had two car accidents, okay. um, one in 2014 and then one in 2016, uh, both rear ends and both were bad. Oh, uh, man. so I have two herniated, full herniated discs in my back. Um, and yeah, it kind of, it messes with me every single day, you know? Yeah. So trying to I work think, around that and i think last time i saw you, you literally just pulled your back out yeah like, i'm always pulling my back out literally so. like a, i think a day before <laughs> it's or something crazy like that. yeah i gotta think about how i lift everything and yeah. stuff like that so uh and to tell you the truth the only time i feels really good is when i'm on the mats rolling around and you know getting that blood flowing and getting stretched out even against my will you know yeah. so yeah. it's great it's like forced yoga <laughs> 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 now I know you before you're talking you when did you start jujitsu itself jiu yeah yeah so um that's a funny story too I was um my girlfriend at the time had found a group on for a Krav Maga class 
and I already knew what Krav Maga was. Um, like I mentioned off air, me and my friend used to get these videos. A lot of those videos were Krav Maga. And when we were little kids, we thought like, wow, this is really cool. This is like deadly. Um, but another aspect of that martial art is you can't practice it real time. So you can come at someone with a fake knife all you want and, sure. and be confident about defending yourself. But if someone comes at you with a real knife, you're probably not going to be that calm, you know, like, especially if that's yeah. never happened yeah. to you before. So it's a very tough, um, transition into real life and and that's really what self-defense has to be right i have to be as comfortable in my training as i would if the situation really happened so when someone's trying to strangle you or trying to hold you against your will in jujitsu that's real resistance so your fight fight or flight um you know goes down and you're able to to just suppress that adrenaline dump and all of that and see things a little slower if you will um but so we went to this Krav Maga. I was like, all right, I'll just do it. She wanted to do it. It's 20 hours on Groupon. And we were there. And in that school, a jujitsu coach was renting mat space there. And we're doing this Krav Maga class. I'm like, what are you doing over there? And I, I asked the person, I was like, hey, can, can we do that? He's like, no, 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 no that's separate. That's not um, what we do. That's, they rent space out of here. I was like, okay, okay. So as soon as the class was over, I go over there and I talk to the guys and I was like, dude, that looks awesome. I'd love to try it. Um, they're like, yeah. And I tried it my first day, my first day. And this isn't like unique to me. This happens all the time. I own a school. I've, I got about 200 students. Um, we've had way more students, you know, run through over the years. It's like a common thing. It, one day and people are like addicted like oh my god um, so it took me one day to realize that I wanted to be doing this forever I was like I want to know as much as possible and then it took me a couple months to like tell myself like how do I get this to as many people as possible there's so many people that need this and I can go into why um, as well but there's just so many aspects of life like shrunk down into this microcosm onto the mat you know overcoming challenging you know consistency discipline and just um there's no there's no way to get better at brazilian jiu-jitsu other than doing brazilian jiu-jitsu so there's also um this thing of you can't cheat you can there's no faking yeah, that true. you're good you yeah. know so um so yeah that that was that you know? so i, I mm -hmm. have a question now yeah. out of all of these beneficial qualities that martial arts bring specifically mm -hmm. jiu -jitsu, brazilian jiu-jitsu mm -hmm. what aspect of it have you found most helpful uh maybe spiritually yeah so um spiritually i'd say <clears throat> as far as like maybe self-improvement goes yeah so uh, all sorts um my i mean i was uh, pretty confident as it was but um, actually I'll take that back. I thought I had confidence. Um, this gave me like real confidence, um, super resilience. Like you're, you're choosing to quote unquote suffer, right? In the beginning, everyone is, you come in, you're the lowest on the totem pole. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what you think, you know, you're going to be the lowest right. on the totem pole. Very humbling um, experience. It's extremely humbling. And that'd be the next one. It, it just... Um, made me super humble, um, even more so than I already was. Um, and then it also gave me, this would be the spiritual side, the, the aspect that I, I can do pretty much anything. Like if I can do this and it's so hard and I won't 
understate that. And I, I don't mean that to deter anyone. It's just um, we should be doing hard things, right? Yeah. We, yeah. For the most part, we got things pretty damn easy, you know? So um, forcing yourself to do something difficult like that um, just showed me that, like, there's really nothing that I can't do. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Everyone gets into martial arts for lots of different reasons, and that's very wholesome. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it was, it's uh, it's awesome. I I have, um, like I said, about 200 students ranging from four years old to my oldest student is about 67 years old, and um, each one is just you see them grow. I, you know, we have like a lot of kids these days. Parents come in. My my child is extremely shy. Um, not not um sure about himself doesn't have a lot of self-esteem and at this point i could be i i love hearing it because i know that's going to change i know mm -hmm. it's going to change must be humbling too to see like how much they've grown or not just humbling but just see how much work you put into something you see in someone grow yeah in general yeah and really i'm just um you know i don't um actually someone pointed this out to me a while back and i've been saying it like that ever since is i'm giving like the vessel to do it but these people are doing it themselves you cannot you like i said you have to do it yourself so you know it's like that teach a person to fish type deal um so they're they're becoming um whatever they're going to become by themselves doing it we're there we're the we're the vessel teaching and stuff like that but but um it's so difficult it's so easy to quit um for the first like few months i was like go in there every day like ah, i'm gonna get my butt kicked again <laughs> again yeah. and again but it's so intriguing that you just keep going so yeah that's why i even think about because you know I, I can see oh i'm not in front of my microphone <laughs> but i can see myself that's why it probably stopped me from doing it myself i was like oh i'm i don't know if i want to get my ass kicked every single day are you sure about that yeah <laughs> you 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 so, trust me yeah it, one day i have to stop by to try. and try it yeah. it is probably so, one of the greatest forms of cardio Ever. Yes, yes. Do you, you practice? You sound like you practice something. Yeah, see, a little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to talk about me, but yeah, why not? I'm curious yeah, about it's all good. Your, yeah. like, what your favorite submissions are. Like, cause yeah. you, everyone has their go-to style. Like, mm -hmm. what's, your, what's your style on the mat? Yeah, um, I'm a pressure um, a grappler, so I like to be like gravity, like a wet blanket on top of someone. <laughs> I just love when someone can do and try to get out as best as they can um, and not be able to. Um, as far as submissions, I'm a Kimura um, Very nice. trap player. So if so, if um, someone's listening to this and they've never heard of a Kimura, how mm -hmm. would you explain that to them? Um, so it'd be it's like a um, figure four lock on the arm where essentially I'm holding your wrist and then I'm reaching over your arm and grabbing my own wrist. So I'm controlling your body by one arm, um, one of your arms. And, and it can used as a positional transition and it can be used as a submission, um, which is devastating on the shoulder. All right, get over here, Chris. Yeah, Yeah. So, Lou, I didn't know you were doing it. You no, I haven't trained in a long time. Okay, cool. And I stopped training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because well, I'm very prone to injury, mm. and every time I go, mm -hmm. I'm walking away with an injury that takes months to heal. Oh man! And I'm just like mm -hmm. tapping out. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm I'm tapping out before I even get to the mat. <laughs> yeah. So that where'd you train? 
Uh, I trained at Casa Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. Casa. Yeah, They're Olten. great. Yep, yep. Good friends have, of mine. Wilton. I'm probably saying yep, his yep. name wrong. Olten, yep, Olten. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. Mm-hmm. I love training with him. And a lot of my friends go there, and they convinced me to go. Yeah. And I trained with another uh, gym for a long time. The first martial arts gym I ever went to was IPAX Karate. Okay. And I did a lot of traditional styles with oh, that. Oh, very nice. From Aikido to Hapkido to yeah. Tang Sudo. Okay. We did Kali stick and knife fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Karen and I are like, what the hell are you talking about? I have about? no idea. <laughs> yeah. like, like I got nothing. Food. You're both talking like a foreign language to us about <laughs> but Yeah, so That's I kind of good. transitioned from like the high impact martial arts to um, sharpshooting. Like, oh, so yeah. like just practice it like because that's a practical aspect but you already know most fights end up on the ground and mm-hmm. you, all of your faculties are taken away from you mm-hmm. that you traditionally would have yeah so try to avoid that as much as possible yeah for sure and i mean as a self-defense art it's um so people always say oh well you guys don't strike well i can strike you know what I mean? it doesn't mean i can't now imagine if i hold you down and you can't move and then i'm punching you right i could still do that we're just right. not doing that yeah. right so um but in the essence of the art is you know respecting other people as well and if i did have to get in a situation um i mean you see it all the time someone randomly punches somebody in the head and they fall and hit their head on concrete and then boom that's the end for there yeah you know and now you got someone that's dead and another one that's going to jail um <clears throat> when um with brazilian jiu-jitsu i can limit that i can limit the damage i do to somebody um just by keeping them you know restrained and this is why i we preach this to police officers all the time to train brazilian jiu-jitsu um that's another like we talked about that um fight or flight you know you're in this stressful situation where a typical police officer gets maybe a couple hours of training a year um yeah. and that's how long the time slot is let alone how much they had to talk and this and that and how many how, how much time to actually practice the moves throughout that two hours you know you're talking like 15 minutes a year that they're getting um some some type of training uh air quotes there if you guys can see that <laughs> no. <laughs> um so um we do have a very strong police program at our our gym um and i mean we've already had stories of police officers having to use it uh, their jujitsu and being completely calm when it came to the moment of of contact you know so it's it's really cool yeah really cool do you ever mm-hmm. train any martial arts care? <laughs> no. no. No, no, that was not allowed in our family. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, we were swimming, diving basketball. Oh, <laughs> well, all but all those, sort of stuff. it all applies in some way. Oh, yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. it's amazing to hear all of this. I feel like I'm just a big sponge, and usually yeah. I have, I do have a million questions for you sure. also, but it's, it's amazing just to hear all the different things that you do in just one building but now you have you're a serial entrepreneur which is amazing and as a co-bristolite yeah (laughs) i think it's pretty cool just to see and hear your story and hear what you're up to and you know and now be able to broadcast it to a much bigger audience i think that's really awesome yeah Yeah. thank you thank you i saw i actually saw you like one of like think cares posts or something i was like oh you know dan i I know like them all yeah i was like (laughs) like, oh i know dan i was like i told her the story how i kind of i knew you 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We met at a brewery. Yeah. Um, I was there tabling, and then I just ended up hanging out and just getting to know to know him. And it was great. It was great. And so I was super stoked when I heard that you were coming here. And yeah. I've been seeing your stuff pop up more and more. <laughs> and um, so I guess I can flip flip this a little, and yeah, then yeah. we could always come back because I yeah, think yeah, you guys sure. have it's a lot good. of good Absolutely. stuff. Um, but from the small business side, you started mm-hmm. talking about like when you left your nine to five mm-hmm. and. I would love for you to explain a little bit more about how you went about that, how you felt, what you went through, because that's a really <laughs> big move. And I just did it about two years ago. Oh, yeah. So I love hearing how other people do that, because it could be really inspirational for someone who's kind of towing that line. Absolutely. It's actually probably one of my favorite stories to tell. Um, so I went to school to be a chef. Um, <laughs> I have my advanced culinary um, arts degree. Um, I was in culinary field for 12 years um then i just it's draining if you've ever been in the culinary field it's draining you started off as a line cook i started out as a line cook um in the beginning um i moved up very quickly i loved it i I was a line cook um the next year i was the assistant kitchen manager and the following year i was the kitchen manager um and then actually right in 2008 i was just about to become what was called a a regional food director for a corporate company and um then uh the recession hit and it was crazy it was crazy so i was young in 2008 i was 25 and i was you know definitely immature and but making a lot of money as a kitchen manager (laughs) and um I was just, you know, I was like, sweet, I'm going to do the American dream. I'm buy a house and buy new cars and all this. And I was doing that. And then I got laid off, right? Because of this recession, everything went kind of backwards. And I was like, what, what the heck? So I kind of started over there um, and went, went through the process again, eventually leaving the culinary industry because I was, um, I was sick of it. It was, it was just nights, weekends, right? That that's mm-hmm. restaurants, right? Yeah. When do you go to it's a restaurant? You go oh, nights, yeah. weekends, holidays. So every time, and I got a huge family. Every time my family was getting together for something, didn't matter. I was working, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when you're off, it's like Mondays and Tuesdays, yeah. and everyone's working. Mm-hmm. I used so, to work retail. I get it was same same concept, but like at least you you guys were working till eleven, twelve yeah. o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I left that. And then I went into sales um, and I started in life insurance sales and I was doing really well there. Um, I liked it, um, but it was kind of the same thing. I was selling life insurance now to people when they're home, they're home Mm -hmm. and nights and weekends. I'm like, man, I thought I got out of it. (laughs) So I applied for a medical equipment job and I had no business getting this job, honestly. You got it? Yeah, That's a yeah. hard job to get. Yeah, it was a it was a capital medical equipment job. I did have um, uh, an aunt who actually I'm going to her house after this, um, <laughs> who worked there, who got me the the interview, and she, you know, she told me she's like, I know, I know you'll do great at the interview. They just need to hear you talk. And I was like, all right, cool. So <laughs> I I did that, and the interview goes well with the manager, and he takes me in front of the owner who's this very not po- politically correct Greek guy who just <laughs> was like, he was hilarious and awesome, but just didn't care what was coming out of his mouth. He's looking at my resume. He's like, what, what do you, 
he's a chef. He's like, what is he going <laughs> to do here? You know? He's like, um, and they're asking me, is like, do you have any medical equipment experience? I was like, nope. Do you have any medical experience? I'm like, mm, sorry. <laughs> and they're like, do you have equipment experience? I was like, nope, nope, nope. And they're like, they straight up asked me, um, why do you think you could do this job? I was like, honestly, I, I learn incredibly quickly and I can pretty much sell anything. I just, as you, if you guys can teach me the product, I'll know how I could sell it. Um, so the, the manager is like for me, I can see it. The owner still, he's like, nope, no. Nope. He literally is like, no. So the manager tells me to go back in the conference room. Oh, I'm like, boy. oh boy, oh, what waiting. a <laughs> Yeah, so it was crazy. So they're in there and it's only across the hall and he's like this boisterous Greek guy. So I could hear him talking. I'm like, oh God, I should just see myself out. <laughs> um, but the manager talks him into giving me a chance. <clears throat> and they, he comes back, he's like, look man, I'm gonna give you a shot. I was like, I got a good feeling about you, this and that. And I was like, awesome, you know, let's do it. And I, I really did well. I did really well. My first year, I was like um, <clears throat> one of their top salesmen. Um, and the next few years, um, I was doing incredibly well fin financially there. And, but now I felt like something was missing. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, man. I mean, I thought it was the job, you know, getting out of it. And I was just, I've always been me. I was, I was like detailing cars when I was young. I had a football um, league um, before fantasy football was even a thing. I, I'm talking like when I was a kid, we had a uh, neighborhood football league with multiple teams and I would save it on a floppy drive and I'd yes. rank everyone like speed, power, based on like kind of like like <laughs> Madden stats, yeah. but for our kids and uh, for our, our um, league for the league there. Um, so I always had that like want to do something myself and build something. So I I'm at the martial arts gym at this time. Um, I actually was going to one here in um, Seymour. It was uh, Gracie Seymour yep. um, for a while. <clears throat> now it's Black Hole Jiu-Jitsu, and they're in, um, I think it's like the Oxford over there, um, the old Tommy K's Plaza. So, <clears throat> um, and I had just recently heard about this gym that opened up in Bristol. And I went there as a student, and I went there uh, when I was practicing jujitsu. I was going to all over, all sorts of gyms. I just couldn't get enough of it. Now I went to this one and they were a little bit newer. And I started giving them ideas of like, hey, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I think uh, you guys could do here. Here's what you're doing well. Um, and then they slowly started to see the value in that. And um, I parlayed that into becoming an owner there but that's <laughs> wow. that that's not when i left my job right there so i i start um they're in a 1600 square foot facility on main street next to pint and plate mm -hmm. over there and um i buy in because i had the money from this medical equipment job and um then we decide we want to go bigger with the gym we want to move to a much bigger um place and i was like i knew if i did that 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 was going to be like the jump so I tell my family, I tell everyone what I'm planning to do. <clears throat> and I had a total of all friends, family, uh, my I partner, everybody, zero people, <laughs> zero people saying, yeah, that's a good idea. Wow. They're like, what are you talking about? You have an incredible job. You have an incredible 401k. You work this amount of hours. You don't work weekends. Nobody you travel a lot. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. You know, zero. You know, it's funny that you say that because... It seems like mm. since we had this podcast, it's that's been a reoccurring 
Oh yeah. A re recurring subject. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> so, so we, you know, so against everyone, just, you know, thoughts, I go, I'm going to do it anyway. <clears throat> Good for you. And, and, and we, uh, signed a lease on a 5,000 square foot facility on main on Farmington Avenue in Bristol. We start building in the summer of 2019. I opened the gym in October, 2019. Um, we're out the gates. Awesome. It's killing it. So not only are you an investor, you're a co-owner now. At yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a, that investment was to buy in as an owner. Mm -hmm. And, um, I were killing it, but it's 2019. Five months later is March of 2020 where yeah. the world Everything shuts down. Apart. Right. And I'm in like one of the hardest hit industries, the gym industry. We weren't mm -hmm. even allowed to open. So five months after I make this move, my gym is completely closed. Wow. I don't have, you know, like my income that I did. Um, You've run I, out of resources. So I fast. ran out of resources mm -hmm. really because I, I actually had the resources to, I left my job early, but I knew I had enough money to get through about a year um, while the gym picked up, but the gym was closed. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, oh my God, you know, we're getting into it and, and, um, I sold capital medical equipment, so things that you would see in like an operating room, surgical tables, anesthesia machines, patient monitors, ventilators, which mm -hmm. was huge in 2020. Um, so I'm seeing these things go go like crazy. I'm like, I, I, I think I messed up. I think I messed <laughs> up, you know? Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. My The field that I just left is booming. My gym is, I can't even open my doors. Um, so that was pretty pretty hairy. Um, what was really cool though, me and my partner, Jeff, um, while we were closed, we kind of went to work like we were still open. Mm -hmm. And what we did in those days was plan. And we planned um, those three things that I talked about, the Ascension Combat, that Ironman, and these, um, the Ascension Grappling Championships. Um, we had these, these plans because we didn't have anything better to do at that time. Um, that was where we were closed. Um, and now being on the other side of that, it's like, holy cow, you know, like, you know, crazy. It's crazy to even think that, that we made it through. And then somewhere in the mix of that in 2021, you know, cause I wasn't crazy enough. I decided to open another business and open a cigar <laughs> lounge in the middle of the pandemic as well. Um, and that's doing awesome We're we've been open since December 30th. And, um, just a couple months ago we won, uh, you know, best cigar shop in greater waterbury and wow. best uh smoke shop in greater waterbury wow. which is amazing. really cool because it covers it's yeah. not just waterbury it covers like a, a yeah. big area the most part of the valley Naugatuck prospect all these things so it's really cool and, you know i still yeah. remember when you talked a few weeks ago when i first came in you had mm -hmm. like not a few maybe a couple boxes of cigars mm -hmm. like a small amount of cigars now that that whole room is full of <laughs> Oh yeah, cigars. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's so funny how how business works, right? When I mean, y y there's you get people to root for you, but really, mm -hmm. it's never the people that you think is going to root for you. Mm -hmm. yes. Like when we <laughs> opened up, we had like two rows of cigars. You know, just just two rows. I, said, I just opened. I, I I had to build the place too, right? Yeah. And then we got people coming in. I was like, that's it. That's all you got. I'm like, geez, man, give me <laughs> give me a minute. I even had one guy come in. He's like, man. I got more cigars in my humidor at home. You know, I could fill this up for you. I was oh, like, well, gosh. then please do, you know, like, <laughs> but you know, now it's, we have a fully loaded humidor and, um, 
uh, incredible following, um, incredible crowd. Um, it, it, it's, it's really cool. And then we're still expanding. Um, so my general cigar lounge is about 700 square feet, mm-hmm. um, plus my humidor. And then we have another 1700 square feet that we're making in the back right now, um, that I should be done by the end of this month. And wow. that'll be, Oh, wow. So That's exciting. Like a, yeah. I have a stage for, oh. for musicians and comedians and things like that. It's going to be so, like the goal here is a landmark in Waterbury Yeah, and we're well on our way. Well, last time you I know. saw you, we were actually working on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when are we all going? Right. That's yeah. the question. It's a field trip. <laughs> Anytime. Have to go. 20, 25 yeah. minutes from right here. We'll do a podcast <laughs> right in this. Yeah. In this there are yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was actually, when he was here, um, that's one of the things we have in the works is, um, doing a podcast there oh. as well. Yeah. So, awesome. um, my partner, um, at the cigar lounge, uh, one of my partners, I have two partners at the cigar lounge, uh, Felix Rodriguez and Cesar Aviles. Um, but Felix is a very, um, I, I don't like to use the word connected, but he's, he's a people person. He has um, been on the board of the um waterbury hospital he was a uh wasn't he the actual police commissioner too, he was a police commissioner for the board of education yeah. yep um and he's been on the board of i think he still serves on the board of the palace theater as well so he knows so many people and mm-hmm. um he's just the guy that'll meet you once and and he'll remember your name the next time he sees you so that goes a long way um so we have and then waterbury has an incredible rich history um, and so many, so many different um, people there. So we want to start a podcast there, um, conversations at the commissioners. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, and I'll have, I don't even want to be on it. I just told them, <laughs> uh, you know, you do it. We bring on guests and I'll take care of that, the rest of the stuff there. So, that's awesome. so you're a real entrepreneur. I guess so. I yeah. guess that's what they call us these days. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's the word. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a shame that everyone in your sphere, like your regular mm-hmm. sphere, mm-hmm. Uh, platonically, familially, whatever it may be, they project that their self-limiting beliefs onto you. That's how. That's how it goes. Yeah, and they can't see mm-hmm. the vision or the potential or fi- financial uh, yeah. growth or anything like yeah. that. I mean, a lot of small businesses fail in the first year, so I mm-hmm. understand why. Luke, yeah, did you yeah. go through the same thing? I did, and I'm sure Care did. Mm-hmm. And every mm-hmm. every new business gets faced with the same challenge, mm-hmm. and it's terrible mm-hmm. because yeah. if you don't, if you're not confident, and you don't have good self esteem, you'll stop, mm-hmm. yeah. and that'll mm-hmm. be the end of your dream, and you'll go back to your nine to five, and, yeah. and you'll That's be right. a sad puppy. Like yeah. it's nobody wants to, you know, be a slave to their job. Everyone wants their freedom Mm -hmm. maybe some people enjoy the stability of a regular nine to five Mm -hmm. but not for us (laughs) yeah yeah. no you know every person i found that that i've been on the show have the same like mentality of of wanting to succeed and like their determination to have the small business Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's for me it was just like um i I, i'm also like addicted to the to the process i love like the growth of it I, every day I'm working on something towards my businesses and just ideas. You know, it's funny because there's a, um, there's a saying like ideas aren't worth anything, right? It's what you do with them. Mm. And to an extent, I do believe that. But for a long time, I only heard that first part. Like mm-hmm. everyone's got ideas. Everyone's got ideas. And I, for some reason, um, I always thought, I was like, man, but some people got shitty ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I feel like I have good ideas mm-hmm. and, and, um, and for whatever reason, it took me that long to to really get them going. But um, 
I'm really seeing that because I, I, I talk to a lot of business people and help a lot of business people with, with different things. And um, when I throw out ideas, it's like coming from out of the box and, and wait till I learn how to monetize that. I'll figure that <laughs> out, you know, but uh, I really do feel like I have good ideas um, and that leads to um, really cool things um, such as the things that I'm doing right now. So. So I'm super curious. Um, I'm about to break ground essentially on Mm, our second business in Bristol, um, the Bristol Bazaar. Yes. But I'm curious because Mm -hmm. you have, like we said, you have multiple businesses, but now you're in two different cities. Mm -hmm. How is that as a business owner, as a small business owner, do you find that you really enjoy, you know, working with the two different types of communities? Your Mm -hmm. demographics are slightly different. Yeah. Your marketing must change accordingly. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that experience and how it's been? Yeah, so that's actually, um, <clears throat> there's a lot in there. So number one, um, like I mentioned, at the gym, I have a partner. <clears throat> at the lounge, I have two partners. Um, in our Ascension Combat, it's me, Jeff, and one more partner. Um, and the I'm diagnosed ADHD um, forever, right? And for me, it's been a lot easier. A lot of people say, hey, you know, it's tough. Why don't you do it on your own? This and that, da, da, da. Um, I could maybe, but um, I like having partners um, because, you know, I like to just kind of be the quarterback mm-hmm. and, and throw things out there of what needs to get done. And then we pick each other up um, where we need to pick each other up. Um, as far as the demographics go, um, as far as the business actually, so I get this one a lot too, right? Martial arts, gym, health, cigars, right? People attribute that to not health, right? In, in a way, but it's, I see it the exact opposite. So I see that, um, I have this community at the gym that everyone's, um, working towards common goals, respect towards each other and, and having a good time and, and just this camaraderie through the, through the vessel of jujitsu and, and, and martial, mixed martial arts, kickboxing and things like that. Um, and it is a lot of physical health, a lot of mental health involved there. I see the cigars just like that. It's, um, first of all, there's a common myth that, um, cigars are as bad as like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the case. And actually cigars only get thrown in there because we only have like rules for tobacco so it's Mm. like when you write surgeon general warning for cigarettes because cigars are a tobacco product they throw it there as well Um, but you know cigars by nature are one ingredient tobacco it has to be all natural that's it just every part of the cigar is just tobacco uh, as opposed to a cigarette where is hundreds of things in there chemicals Mm -hmm. and whatnot um, now where the, the health part comes in is, um, when you light up a cigar, it is right then and there, you're slowing everything down. Um, it takes a good amount of time to smoke a cigar. Smallest ones, maybe 30 minutes, some ones upwards of an hour. So you're, you're making a commitment right then and there that this is what you're going to be doing. It helps you slow down, helps you relax. And then you're doing that with other people doing the same thing. Um, and the conversations that happen, the networking that happens around these cigars, um, just the, the peace of mind where you know that this is what you're doing for the next half hour. You're not rushing around to do the next thing. We're always moving so quickly. Um, so it gives a, a 
huge mental health aspect um, to people just to just to help them slow down. Um, and again, you don't you don't inhale cigars, um, so you're not taking it into your lungs like you would a, a cigarette as much. Um, and then notoriously, if you look at like legendary cigar smokers, they lived forever. You know, George Burns was like. I forgot. 99. 99. He used to smoke 10 to 15 cigars a day. Wow. 10 to 15 cigars a day. Oh my gosh. Michael Michael Jordan smoked cigars pretty much his whole career. Now he smokes about six to eight cigars a day. Most of those happen on the golf course, but still, you know. (laughs) So you think about it. Every time you saw George Burns, you always always saw like a cigar in his hands. Always. Always. Hmm. You know. So, and then even like these cigar families, like these godfathers of, of, of these companies. They're, they're living till, you know, well into their 90s and they're smoking cigars all the time. So, um, mm. you know, That's we have really a cardiologist that comes in and says, you know, tells us like, yeah, you know, it's not what they say, you know, and he smokes cigars and he tells his people too, if like you're going to smoke cigars, it's fine. It's not the same, this and that. Um, mm. So... You know, good to know. That, yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> some knowledge that I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would never even think about that at no. all. Yeah, yeah. The cigar lobbyists are trying to work, um, do their best to, to get it like, separate it from cigarettes and all the other tobacco products like vapes and stuff. But, you know, it's it's a little tough right now. So, it's yeah. really interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> um, back to your question, you were saying navigating it all mm-hmm. now the marketing and all this um i'm pretty savvy in social media i've always been that's kind of been uh my main vessel of of marketing and why wouldn't it be these days because it's free mm-hmm. i can't even imagine back in the day when oh my you gosh. had to like you know boots to the ground or pull out like ads and papers canvassing neighborhoods all that mm-hmm. type of yeah. stuff are you kidding me i can reach thousands of people every just single your, day just by your phone now for yeah. free sitting your couch or yeah you know? or for a very limited amount of money for um, spending on ads. So um, <clears throat> I, yeah, I have like nine uh, social media pages, I think in between everything, <laughs> it's so crazy. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of scheduling involved with mm-hmm. that, um, but a lot of delegation as well. Um, I have incredible partners um, and when you have partners, the number one thing you can do is communicate Mm -hmm. right you can't left anything unsaid um good or bad right um and then there's got to be you got to take the ego out of it as well right so if i'm coming at you for something you know just know that it's in the best interest of the business and nothing personal um so as long as we can keep it like that you know we'll keep moving the business forward um and um the demographics bristol i love i've moved to bristol in 2014 I moved in with a friend and I loved it so much I never left. Waterbury, <laughs> I'm born and raised there. Um, that's my that's my hometown. Um, you know, in between my, my drive's like twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's not too bad in that aspect. And then here's the thing, I, I always thought like, man, before I was doing all this type of stuff, I was like, How many how do how how do people have time? Like how does The Rock have time to do all that stuff and Kevin Hart have the time to do all that stuff? <laughs> And I'm realizing it's like, it's just really how you use your time. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, um, I'm big on like, uh, like daily lists. So I, I just want to knock out a few things of that list every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, except for Sundays, Sundays, I kind of shut my phone off. And then there's that other part of being an entrepreneur is the, 
the work life balance, if yes. you will. Um, and, and I try to keep my Saturday when I'm not at the lounge, um, and my Sundays to my family and, and friends. Uh, actually yesterday people were calling me left and right and I had my phone off all day since Saturday night. So they were like, what the hell is going on? I was like, <laughs> I'm living. Yeah. You know, it's Having funny. Life. Right. It's funny that. that you said that too. Sorry, Lou, I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm -hmm. The guy from Game Theory, mm -hmm. I forget what his name was. Oh, Impact Theory. Yeah, Impact yeah, yeah. Theory. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Tom Bilyeu. Yeah, actually, mm -hmm. I met him. Remember I met him at Comic-Con? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'll never forget that. I the got same, the video on my phone still. Said the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what happened was a couple years back, Scott and I went to New York Comic-Con, and the the guy, he he had his own comic book. He had his booth there. Steve, Steve Ioki, the, the, oh, wow. the oh, DJ, came yeah. down, mm -hmm. and he was signing the book. And, like, literally, he came from... Uh, Los Angeles or Las Vegas drove or flew in, signed the book. He looked exhausted. Like he just, we made eye contact. You could tell he was beat. Mm -hmm. yeah. like he was just like done. Mm -hmm. And then he, he flew back to Las Vegas cause he had a show that night. But oh, I went, yeah. uh, Scott said, Oh, Dan likes, uh, he follows this guy, this and that. So I was like, I'll go meet him and try to get something out. Not try to get something out of him, but like get yeah, something, so whatever. Can do. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I went there and, some like so there was this girl it was just the girl and him this girl had this list and with the smallest writing had all these questions and he didn't even he didn't even notice i was for they were talking for 20 minutes <laughs> i don't think he even noticed i was even there wow. which is fine i don't care i wait and he was said exactly what you were saying like he would plan everything out and this and that mm -hmm. he's he's brushing his teeth at night he's listening to the podcast he's doing this so mm -hmm. it's just exactly what you said yeah is exactly what he was saying he's been a big influence in my life um he was one of the first like entrepreneurial podcasts that i ever found and actually coincidentally it, it coincides when i started jujitsu um he had a a gentleman named faras zahabi on there who's um george pierre george st pierre's um head mma coach and they were talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because Tom Bilyeu had, had done it and experienced it and for us as a coach of it. And they were just tying it to business and everything like that. And um, ever since that podcast, I was literally like sold that hmm. I needed to move in this direction. Um, but what you're talking about, he partnered up with Steve Aoki to do a comic called Neon Future. Mm -hmm. Um, and he actually got the autograph on it from, yeah. from, so, uh, from Scott. Uh, well, that was what you got me. You know? Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. There, yeah. I remember autograph. we got like three cause we had my friend with us <laughs> and he, he were, we were like, just grab a comic book and get a sign. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we, we were like the second in line. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that was the release. I think it was the release cause it was comic con, right? Was yeah. It? Yep. It was comic con. Oh. And I think you got both of their autographs on yeah, there. If I I'm did. Not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Cause I brought, I, cause yeah. that's right. Cause mm -hmm. he was there Saturday and I went back with the comic. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. I went back and originally get his signature on it. Yeah. And I was like, I, I maybe talked to Danny back then, maybe a handful of times. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I got this friend, Dan at home. He's a, he, he follows you with this and whatever I said, mm -hmm. he says, Oh, give me your phone. Let's make a video. Oh my yeah. God. And then he Show goes, video towards me. Yeah, yeah, then he goes, awesome. Oh, I got your boy, Chris. I go, yeah. <laughs> like he didn't know, I didn't know he didn't I didn't tell him I only talked to him a handful of times. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I was like, Yep. Yeah. And then he was like he said whatever he said. And, was, yeah. and then I said I immediately when I was actually get phone service, I immediately sent it to Scott. Mm -hmm. And I think in turn sent it to you. Yeah. That's awesome. That was awesome. It was awesome. It was really cool. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Well we could <laughs> chat forever. 
No, <laughs> I yeah, know. So many stories. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, like, um, if I were to say anything to anybody, it's like, like you just heard from everyone at the table. Um, you know, if you really are moved by it and it's something you want to do, um, don't ignore that. Don't ignore that feeling. Um, give it a, give it a shot, you know, try it out. Um, if you're not in a position to like, just quit your job, then you're can start planning it little by little and then see where you're at and see what it takes for you to leave your job and whatnot. Um, you don't have to do a bunch of businesses. Um, just find anything that you're passionate about. Um, mine is like literally, um, if anything's in common with what I have, it's, um, people business. And I love the chance, um, to help people get better in, in different aspects of their life. Cause I see it all the time right now through what I do, um, that just people are just growing, growing They're they're, they're finding their path, um, through these martial arts, um, at the lounge a little differently, but just having that peace of mind because a lot of these people are business owners and and in and pretty good positions in life as well um but yeah yeah push through definitely and and try out find what you're passionate about um and and make it your life for sure that's great advice mm-hmm. you know, is, yeah for the world huge. to hear yeah i can't <laughs> top that you can't top it. Nope. No, no. Not that I would try to, but well, you're, doing, you're doing something similar. You have a lot of passions too that yeah. you're that you're always exploring and care and mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. all of us. You know, the the way I see it with my end is just if I can give someone that platform platform to like exactly what Dan just did. Yeah, yeah. Be, it's worth it for other people to hear it, not just like myself or. For you sure. Know. So how can we come out and find you? Like if oh, we wanted dude. to come visit you at one of your stores yeah. or your businesses. Yeah. So um, the gym itself, that, that physical location is um, 99 Farmington Avenue in Bristol, Connecticut. It's uh, the Price Chopper Plaza right on right on Route 6. Um, the Commissioner Cigar Lounge, that's in Waterbury, 350 Fairfield Avenue. That's in the town plot section of Waterbury. Um, we're right across from a Dollar General. You can't miss it. Um, yeah, you yeah. Go, if you're from Waterbury, it's actually the old old Como, Como bakery. bakery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like the big spot bakery spot back in the day. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. And I want to give you a follow on Instagram. So what's, yeah, yeah. what's your IG? So um, the gym is Ascension Athletics CT. Nice. And then the commissioners uh, commissioners lounge on Instagram um, for the for the cigar lounge. Uh, my personal is D underscore Mina zero seven. So Dmina07. Yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, then from there, you can follow all the other pages. It's got a link tree on there, and it'll show <laughs> yeah, all the other ones, you know. I think, I'm, go I, I think I'm following <laughs> most of them already. I think right. so. Awesome. I'll have to check now when I get home. <laughs> Before we go, Kara, what's going on with the, the, the bazaar? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's I don't so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we are hopefully breaking ground early October. Okay. We've been in full demolition Uh, For anybody who's listening who doesn't already know, the Bristol Bazaar is an indoor maker's market that my husband and I are building from the ground up. Um, We are super excited. We will be able to support 30 to 40 artisans at any given point. We'll have a coffee cocktail lounge, so you'll have to come have a coffee cocktail. And uh, we also have an event space and classroom space. Okay. So all of that will be within 
Sounds like Within he needs a cigar shop in there. Right? right? Maybe. Right? We'll see. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So I love Let's the idea. Know. Eric and I have toyed with, you know, hopefully this will be uber successful yeah. and we'll continue to help all of these mm-hmm. artisans grow. But if we want to go into another city, mm-hmm. that's why I was asking because yeah, it's yeah. something we haven't tackled. We're, we're just living in our home base of Bristol, yeah, which yeah. has been great. But eventually we will, we will want to grow outside of our, our sure. community and continue to give back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's exciting. I can't wait for that. Thanks. I was like, I love you have what to come to the groundbreaking. Uh, when's that, that would be fun. So TBD, but we're going to have okay. the mayor mm-hmm. there. You know, all yeah, the, yeah. the city will be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to have shovels and hats and everything. Okay. So there'll awesome. likely be cake. Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely going to make it to this one. That would be awesome. That's great. I know. That's I was awesome. so bummed you couldn't yeah. come to the I was going to go to her first one. Yeah, yeah. But I think we were short staffed and I, I was literally going to take the day off from work. But then <laughs> like, damn it. I really wanted to go to it. This is my first ribbon cutting how did, how did you guys meet anyway i was gonna be, be honest with you i i actually uh, when i first started this <laughs> podcast like i did the f- i had one of my friends come in the first day yeah, yeah. with me just to just to bs and talk to my guests then i did the second and third show kind of, i felt like kind of struggled per se mm-hmm. i was like i kind of need someone to mm-hmm. to bridge the gap there three, for yeah you. Yep. so i could feed off someone so mm-hmm. i i just threw something out on instagram like hey i'm looking for co-hosts mm. <laughs> you know and i thought it was just gonna be awesome. like some i thought like maybe four or five people would just yeah. reach out and i'll have one person here and there yeah yeah and care was the first person actually care was the only person that responded <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she responded within like four minutes that's awesome and i was like perfect yeah and literally i thought she just coming in for one show like not in a bad way just no yeah, she's thought, awesome i thought she'd come in for like one or two shows which just would have been fine but literally since then she's been here yeah we um it's funny because she mentioned we met at the brewery Mm -hmm. but it's funny because it kind of like went into that conversation because i i felt like i knew her already (laughs) i was like um i was following on social media um and we have a mutual friend and rachel Mm -hmm. um and um you know she was rachel's really good doing networking as well and she was trying to get me hooked up with you to do some things for the lounge, mm-hmm. which I still want to do. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like my budget sucks. Yeah, remember we talked about we were talking about that a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks ago too, when we were interviewing each other. That you wanted that you were talking about mm-hmm. yeah. that. Yeah, I have some things because we have um, at the lounge. Uh, one of the things um, I don't know how much time we guys. Yeah, you got as many time as you okay. want. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> I don't know. So um, this just made me remind me of this. Um, when it comes to funding and financing, that might mm-hmm. be a barrier, right, for a lot of people. Um, and I will say for the gym, you know, I had worked hard at, at the medical equipment um, job and it let me do the gym. But when it came to the cigar lounge, um, and I even told my partner this when he asked me. Um, so my partner, Felix, um, we were already mutual um, friends um, over cigars as well. We would hang out at cigar lounges um he was going to start a cigar lounge at one point with a few partners and that fell through and then he had reached out to me about doing the pot um podcast uh doing the cigar lounge and i was like like i said my gym was closed i had spent my money on making the gym and then anything else i had helped me survive through pandemic so i was like i straight up told them um like look man i I can offer you a lot of things, right? I, I love the idea. There's a bunch of things I, I, I'm have in my mind about it, but here's what I can't offer is capital. Like I am tapped. 
So, and I was about to leave to Miami um, with a friend um, for, actually this was for our business as well. Um, we are looking at um, a tropical fruits business, but we, we put that to side <laughs> for now. Um, but I told him, hey, I'm going to Miami. If um, you feel this way, and I told him, you know, more specifically what I can do, um, we'll figure out the money somehow. Um, but if you feel like you still want me to be your partner, um, hit me back when I, I get back from Miami. I got back from Miami. He hit message. He had called me that morning. I, th I don't even think I'd unpacked yet. <laughs> and he's like, let's do this. I was like, all right, cool. And we sat together and um, I did the budget of what it was going to cost us and what we had and they didn't match up. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to find creative ways to um, get this money. And one of the things we've done at the Cigar Lounge is take on sponsors for different aspects of the of the lounge hmm. so our humidor is um has a sponsor we are putting a poker room in the back that where that one hasn't been sold yet but we we want a sponsor in there for someone um to either financially do it or even build it and and they'll have their name above that this this you know the the such and such poker room sponsored by um, them, um, we did that in various aspects of, of the business, um, to generate money. And, mm -hmm. um, so it's like a, a private business that has sponsors, uh, and then we just showcase them. And that's kind of the thing that I wanted you to make for me. I, I need plaques and stuff oh, like yeah. that, you know, to, to, um, post, like we have this game area with the pool table and stuff like that, that's going to be sponsored. Mm -hmm. Um, so just um i have a really nice pool table something that we can put on that pool table that shows that company's logo and oh, name yeah. and stuff like that and yeah yeah and then still my sign outside <laughs> I, I we literally have no sign so when i'm saying like like money um shouldn't be the barrier like and i started with two shelves of cigars like we still don't have a sign outside so people <laughs> are like when are you guys gonna get a sign i was like when i finished like inside you know like <laughs> like we're like making money and putting it into it mm -hmm. um, i never realized there was no sign all yeah. the times i've driven past yeah i got like a uh a, a, a frame sign that oh, says yeah, cigar that's right. shop open yeah. outside and i do remember that it. now so it's it's taken on this little like speakeasy type deal now because people still like where the hell is it mm -hmm. um but you know where where if i were someone that was like really cared about what people were saying and stuff like that then this could discourage me like oh they don't have a sign or they don't have this or it's taking them long to finish the the back room right um but i don't care i know that it's going to be finished i know we're doing it on on our timeline that you know we have financially and at the end we're also not going to owe anyone any money That's um huge. so you know I, we could take a loan for it but we're kind of just making it work yeah. um yeah. without it so so don't let money be the barrier you'll figure that out too yeah. if you really yeah. want you'll it you'll get there at some point <laughs> you know, you know. yeah <laughs> somehow you'll, you'll ride the roller coaster that's yeah. what we've learned as small business mm. owners even just as the one small business right now you ride the ride and you kind of enjoy the ups and you prepare for the downs yeah but yeah. it's so worth it Oh, it's so worth it every day. Uh, yeah, I, and I I will say this: I work way more mm -hmm. than I did at a restaurant. And restaurant, I was doing like, you know, you'd have 70, 80, 90 hour weeks sometimes. Um, the medical equipment was, you know, pretty stressful as far as the job goes. Um, but I work more than that now on, on a daily basis every day. 
but I still don't feel like I work any day. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I feel like I retired when I quit my job and now I'm just doing things that I like to do and just turning them into my businesses. So that, that's a cool aspect too. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Sounds good to me. I always like to, this podcast is always, I feel like as a word is of encouragement for people, you know, Mm. Today I keep on forgetting that my <laughs> mic is not in front of me. <laughs> you know what it is because it's it's a different sh- uh, angle today, so I'm like I'm not used to it. <laughs> it's you turning your head. Yeah, you know, you know, I think know. so. Yeah, that's all. You good. know why? Because I actually have someone next to me. Yeah, usually yeah. it's like <laughs> usually it's care. You should be here me. next time. No. Yeah, <laughs> no. I think that's the plan. <laughs> right, that's Lou? all good. Right, exactly. Yeah, Lou. Lou, what do you do? Exactly. So I, I work I, in mental health care. Okay, cool. So right now I am a behavioral health technician oh, at nice. a hospital on a psychiatric ward. Oh, very cool. So that's my day job but i work yep, yep. overnights yeah yep. and then i run this business during the day uh-huh. so overnights sleep for a little bit come here do on all the post-production for the shows that we produce and wow. then come in and then do all the actual production here yeah yeah um, and then jump on occasional shows here once yeah. in a while. This, is, this place is awesome this studio is awesome i'm glad you like it it's very cool we built it yeah well i built it from scratch this yeah. did not look like this when we no, i remember sure. seeing your instagram the, the pre-picture <laughs> so cool yeah like it was the a, first start it was picture. a little bit of a disaster yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so it took, us, it took me four months and the help wow. of all of my friends and people in the building yeah. to help mm. me renovate it to what it is now and um the building is great because it's an old factory building yeah and there's like 40 or 50 businesses in here now yeah and um it's cheap I mean, oh, like I bet. Space yeah, is it's like, awesome. As soon as I walked in, I was telling him, I was like, I love buildings. Yeah, like, oh, it's good. Yeah, and Cares is yeah. like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. they're all, I didn't realize that there are buildings like this, old factory buildings that business owners and creatives have taken over, essentially, mm-hmm. all over the state and yeah. the country. Yeah. And it's like an epicenter, like, and especially in New York, I can imagine. Yeah, oh, yeah. But now we have little hubs where we can really be creative and expressive and have a nice, cheaper platform mm-hmm. rather than like a main storefront yeah oh to, yeah to grow and that, that's what i love about this place and it's such a great culture yeah, yeah. oh yeah. that's awesome yeah uh, yeah the, if there's any one thing i'll do on my next gym so we knew moving to farmington avenue was going to be uh expensive um but we're kind of uh, the ethos and and what we're trying to do with the gym has always been like get so ingrained into the town of Bristol that even they don't want to see you fail when it comes mm-hmm. down to it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why we're, we're, we work with the police department. Um, we have three after school programs at three of the elementary schools. Um, and, and, you know, being on that road, just like, I mean, you're talking like 25, 35,000 cars a day that go by. So it was a good like commercial for us. Um, but if we move um, again, I mean, when we move again, um, it'll definitely be off the beaten path um, to, to afford a, a better rent um, if we don't buy something ourselves, because mm-hmm. that's that's always an option. And, right. you know, that'll be like that freedom because, um, you know, there's not retirement packages at the end of uh, small business. <laughs> right. So so having just equity, equity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So having the, the building would would be that. So. We we're not ready for that yet, but um, that's down the line as well. Cool, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see what your next one is. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, <laughs> we. Well, you know what? That was another uh, pandemic project too. Um, you know, partner drew out. We have 
what it looks like for 15,000 square feet, what it looks like for 20,000 square feet, what it looks like for 30,000 square feet and different iterations of each. It's, it's crazy. So, um, we're, we're actively like seeing that future already, you know, even though we're, when we are doing it, we're literally didn't even know if we we're going to lose the gym mm -hmm. <laughs> at that time. Cause we're closed, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> you know what I found too? Everyone who, who's been on here had stories about the pandemic. It's always mm -hmm. been a success story. Yeah. yeah unfortunately there's probably there's a lot that you know a lot of small it, businesses got taken out um yeah. in my industry my my martial arts industry so many gyms got taken yeah. out you know and, and it was crazy i had a lot of friends lose gyms and stuff like that yeah we were um, in a pinch so, here too for a while yeah i can imagine so it's you know um, I love being in people business, but I didn't expect, you know, people not to be seeing each other yeah. <laughs> or being yeah. not allowed near each other. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, that, that luckily it worked out and it actually created, um, a boom in, in, in what we do, because if the pandemic did anything in the beginning, people were extremely scared, not knowing what was going on, not even knowing if, you know, this goes really bad. What are you going to do when people start? coming for what you have and it was like possibilities of that right we didn't mm -hmm. know where it was going um and and there was also um you know i talk about this a lot where a lot of people tie their identity to their job or their bank account or mm -hmm. different things like that and when you know you didn't have that job to go to um you know you, people were having like some identity crisis, you know, or if you could no longer provide for your family at that point, you know, then and your role was and what you saw yourself was as a provider, you know, it's kind of scary there. Um, so coming out of it, it put an emphasis also on health, right? You know, a lot of people were like, well, well shit, you know, if you're unhealthy, that that sickness was um, probably going to, you know, do damage to you, if not take you out. So it put an emphasis on health and then it put an emphasis on being able to protect yourself and your family. So, you know, I was like, hey, I'm right here for all that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, exactly, Lou. Exactly. That's, I'm, <laughs> Dan, so my plan it's is. Catchphrase. It's the catchphrase. At some point, I'm going to have like uh, Connecticut-based T-shirts, you know, okay. like, you know, like some sort of logos or whatever. Mm -hmm. And one of the shirts I'm going to have is just going to say exactly. All right. <laughs> from the from the podcast, make it work. If people actually listen, thanks yeah. Lou for pointing me to my mic. My um, that's sarcasm, Lou. Because yeah. thanks. <laughs> my um, <laughs> so I didn't mention um, because it's kind of uh on pause right now, but we got about seven episodes in. Um, I have a podcast called the Armor Podcast. Um, and it's uh armoring your mind, body, and spirit. Uh, I do that with a partner. Um, his name's Steve Kanopka. He's a former NFL player. He played for the Giants. He was former arena football player, and he's currently one of the like top strength and conditioning coaches um, around for for um, high performance athletes. Um, but I, I, after listening to all my apps episodes, I'm like, wow, I say absolutely a lot. Like, <laughs> absolutely. You know what I found? So, I yeah. found I do say exactly a lot, and now it's just purposely <laughs> but i found i i i don't i i finally say yep uh-huh like mm. as uh, you're talking as, as, like, as you're talking <laughs> that's I, when you can have your microphone away. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good you know it's a good idea because i never thought about that until you just said <laughs> what episode is this 15 14 this is 
15, I think. Well, I'm going to wow. go Pumping back them out. through every episode. I'm going to take all your ums, and we'll release episode 20. <laughs> 20. So it'll be all your ums. Okay, that episode. sounds good. <laughs> that definitely sounds good to me. I call Lou the fixer. Yeah. He fixes all my flubs. Yeah. That, I mean, this is really cool. This place is so awesome. Um, I'd love to chat about that uh, after because, you know, yeah. I do do this, but not, on, you know, like I said, I got a roadcaster. It's a quarter of those buttons, you know, <laughs> you know but it does the job. Um, well, you you're know, welcome to come in like, anytime, do a recording. And if you ever need any post production work, you can just reach out anytime. Yeah. We'll definitely talk about that because that's like, talk about timing and ha doing all these things and mm -hmm. and as you know from being a professional at it um and i'm not so it takes me forever to like <laughs> edit and upload and all this so i'm like i just I, and that's kind of why we're on pause because my my partner's too busy to do it and i'm like dog there's no way it's a lot of work there's no way yeah. i can do that's, it right this now, is why you know that's exactly why i went to mm -hmm. a professional yeah i couldn't be i wouldn't be able to do it myself yeah and like i rather it's affordable it's a good mm -hmm. price for mm -hmm. you know for what he does and mm -hmm. plus it it just he let him not let him do all the work but like <laughs> i trust him i let trust him, him more than <laughs> yeah, me yeah. <laughs> and then you know I, as i'm doing it at a place i ho hopefully promote it enough where like oh i got i like their their this or that i should go talk to lou or this, yeah you know? definitely mm -hmm. definitely promote that that's a sweet sweet logo yeah right? we had, a, we awesome. had one of the businesses in the building creative for yeah us. that's it, so it's cool perfect. everything came together really yeah nice. i love that i, I, I love want the that. swag when the swag comes i call oh, dibs hell yeah. i'm so I actually, excited i think we're gonna do a whole merch line for the fall okay it's right around the corner if yeah, yeah. wants to be toasty warm for yeah. sure so that's yep. what you could look forward to that. Yeah, I gotta buy Karis merch. Chris has got some merch, <laughs> and I love your shirt, Ascension Thanks. Athletics. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, we get we have we go through a lot of. Um, that's I'm always I'm basically <laughs> a designer at this point for as many <laughs> things that we've put together. Um, we got oh my god, you know, from kimonos to rash guards to. Yeah. Um, beanies and all this stuff and mm -hmm. then changing it up every season and this and that this one actually um i i got sick of like doing i didn't want to create new t-shirts all the time so i was like i need my logo done simply um i need it inexpensive that i can do in one color so mm -hmm. the white is a lot cheaper to print in white uh so then we have three general t-shirts black this green and a baby blue and that's like our you know classic line yeah uh and then you know we'll do one-offs every once in a while from there sweet you know, so yeah a lot of apparel we probably buy i probably spend about at the gym about twenty thousand dollars a year and on like apparel between all of that stuff so it's freaking nuts you know <laughs> yeah. and that's not including like equipment gloves and, and, oh, yeah. and you know different things like that so it's crazy yeah. Got a but we sell a lot of sh we sell a lot of shirts and a lot of you know. Yeah. <laughs> I do <know> yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. <Yep. Exactly. laughs> and on that note, I believe that we're out. I, I think, think that's the end of the show. All right, man. Bye, Thank guys. you very much. Bye. Take care.